Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Hi, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us. Very excited to be announcing the results of the market. So we'll review the slides with you and then obviously open it for questions. So if we take a step back as a quick recap, we closed last year 25 and a half million of ACV, 25% revenue growth, and almost 72% of gross margins. As a reminder, we went to market with about 70 customers. We finished last year with 130 plus. All of our revenue subscription, um, head office in Tel Aviv with a big office and growing office in London, another big location in the US, another one in Eastern Europe. Overall, I think strategically, when we went to market, uh, the idea was to invest for growth and specifically to invest for growth in the commercial markets, which you think we've done and you'll, you'll see it today. As a reminder of our philosophy, our DNA, we're AI tech innovators. Obviously, GPD has taken over the world, although it's not really clear what's really going to do in business, but we'll see about that. But AI is not something new for us. Our AI platform is mature. We use best-in-class database called Rockset. We've built what's called machine learning operations platform to train and retrain the models. So as the world wakes up to, well, we should be building this AI thing. Actually, I think for our market and our industry, we're very well positioned as we're, we're just already doing it. We're led by a customer-centric approach. I just came back from Germany, where I spent three days dusted on with supply chain prospects and customers. We engage with customers as partners, not as vendors. Uh, and we work with them to discover the use cases and to build the products as well. You'll keep on seeing us push to create more and more products and more value for the customers. We're very focused on ROI. I think there obviously is an economic downturn in the world. We're very well diversified between public sector and trading and shipping and supply chain. But absolutely, we're trying to show all our customers the efficiency and the accuracy of the technology. And there are literally daily use cases in the news now. Hand over to Irit. Irit, can you recap to the crowd exactly what are we providing for every industry? Sure. Thanks, Ami. So we are definitely the leading maritime AI company delivering on actionable insights and analytics for supply chain visibility, for risk and compliance, and for maritime domain awareness needs. We actively approach the ecosystem with three business lines. Supply chain, which we just launched in 2022, late February, and substantial growth in product from July. And we'll talk about that in a minute. The commercial sector and the public and government sector. So each business line is very different in terms of workflows, pain points, and use cases. But what unites them is the definite need for AI based insights, which we provide, and the need for a decision support platform which is used by each one of these business lines. So it's all comes together in the decision support platform in one product that provides an accelerated capability for global trade in each of these domains. Thank you. So as a reminder, we set a very clear strategy when we went to market. We said we're going to raise the funds and invest in building our commercial business and our supply chain business we foresaw the continued growth also in the U.S. government business, which is just a bottomless barrel of opportunity for us. And I think strategically, we've been delivering on that. We grew ACV in 21%, revenue in 25% last year. 
strong progress in commercial customer segment. We signed up another super major, multiple market leaders, banks, traders, shipping companies, governments, who the customer numbers, as I said, we went to market with 72, we almost doubled them to 132. We also achieved fantastic new customers, multi-year renewals, including a five-year renewal and an eight-year renewal. And I think really the world has really gone crazy a bit in the last year or so with the Russian invasion of Ukraine and everything is going to happen, going to happen in supply chain. We responded to that by launching Russia Risks Insights, the product, um, sanctions compliance solutions, API Insights Lab, supply chain solution with AI ETA. So all that investment went into building and investing for growth. We finished the last year in a significant and healthy cash position, 22 million. As I said, in multiple other cases, we believe we have reached peak losses last year. We took significant steps coming into 2023, uh, reacting to the situation in the markets, to the uncertainty in the economy, by reducing our burn rate significantly. We changed the plan from growing expenses to reducing expenses. We've taken significant management steps um, uh, first of all, a moratorium and management uh, compensation, which is, uh, I think, a leadership uh, thing to do. We're not going to freeze other things and give management more. That's not going to happen. Um, so I think that's one thing. The second thing is we've dealt with the single biggest expense, which is uh, cloud costs uh, by uh, negotiating very aggressively and by investing in, re in reducing the expenditure. Um, reduce our cloud spend from $220,000 a month in October 2022 to about 120 last month. So I think that's already bearing fruit. We took other steps of working more efficiently, but the management, I can assure you, is keenly aware and has been leading on the front foot with the need to be more efficient, more effective, and look at cash preservation. Um, given the fact that last year was peak losses, we absolutely do not foresee the need uh, for more cash for the company before we break even, or bringing break break even forward as fast as, as fast as possible, um, and I think uh, I think we're responding responsibly and very accurately to what's happening in the markets. As a quick reminder, we're an AI platform that takes data and converts that to insights by taking all available sources, including specifically satellite sources. The reason people pay us money to partner with us is because we help them take better decisions, not because we expose this data. So in the supply chain space, that's called exception management, where you, uh, from all your 100,000 containers, you're telling them, yeah, that's great, but look at these five, because these five are rolled over or delayed in transshipment or whatever. In the compliance space, it's a go-no-go recommendation. So it's just the data. It's like, can I do business with this counterparty? In a security space is who should I board or who poses a security risk? So that's really where we, I think, shine the insights and the decision support. In terms of opportunity, so you can see here some numbers. Let me put it very simply, and I'll give you an example. Recently, we closed the first contract with a company that ships 100 containers full of marble for kitchens. There are millions of these in the world. The appreciated number here is 250,000. We built that when we went public. I think the more we see the supply chain space, the more we understand it's an endless runway just endless. With 135 plus customers right now, obviously the company has absolute room for growth. It's not a question if there's enough runway of customers, it's more of a question of execution. Yuri, do you want to recap our growth strategy? 
Sure. So we have been delivering consistently on our growth strategy. The global maritime industry is facing so much pressure from multiple directions and increasing compliance requirements and freight shipping costs and lack of data visibility and basically a huge ecosystem of multiple stakeholders that uh, uh, that benefit from the decision support platform. And we service a diversified and growing customer base, providing a strong basis for further expansion and new partnerships and opportunities. And we see this in each one of our growth strategy elements from land and expand and upselling, cross-selling opportunities with current customers to expanding to new customers and a totally new addressable market that we have with the supply chain from freight forwarders and shippers. In terms of innovation, the most obvious example of that would be this year, the supply chain solutions that we have entered in and growing innovation in decarbonization solutions. So really tapping into each of these uh, elements and strategies moving forward as well, but definitely a high growth strategy in 2022. Hopefully well, you want to run us through the numbers. Yeah, so here's a list of at the bottom, you have selected logos, customers, and the split between ACV, uh, rest of the world, government, US government, and commercial, and how many customers we have per segment. All right, so this is the main KPI we look at when we see our performance. So on the left, you can see the ACV growth. You can see US government and commercial have grown nicely. The rest of the world government didn't grow, mostly because we had a higher churn than usual in this segment. That's really the reason we are diversifying into the commercial space. Very difficult to predict the government deals and when they come and when they go and so on. So we didn't. Uh, we lost some customers and one big customer is still waiting for its renewal. Uh, so hopefully this year it will come back. On the right, you can see the revenue, uh, the decline in, short decline in revenue. The government is, of course, the results of the uh, ACV not growing. And growth in use government and commercial, you can see it's anywhere between 50 to 60% on the revenue side, which is pretty good. Go to the next one. That's the number of customers. So most of the growth, as you can see, is in the commercial space, nearly doubling the number of customers in the commercial space. And on the government side, it's a little bit of growth, but some of the growth in the US government actually was additional revenue or SCV at the customer base, which is something we see quite a lot. That's another view of the whole story, but just showing you how from the last five years, how the company has diversified its revenue base from relying only on government, which, as I said, very good business, but unpredictable or difficult to predict because it basically comprised of selected very big deals and RFPs and so on, into something which is much more predictable, both the US government, which is user-based, not an RFP-based, and of course, commercial, which is much easier to predict. Okay, so that's the PNL. You can see the growth. I mentioned the gross profit is essentially the same as 21. And we believe this year we'll start to see gross margin starts to climb back to high 70s. And longer term, it has to be north of 80%. You can see the growth 
of the investment. You know, it's the reason we raise money. Uh, major growth both in R&D and in sales and marketing. Uh, and that's, of course, caused us to uh, lose more uh, than, than 21. And as Ami mentioned earlier, we believe this is the highest uh, loss peak or bottom. Choose your, your side of the coin. Uh, and it will start to decline this year, getting us to the break-even point. You go to the next, that's the cash flow. Going from the financial statements and just adjusting to the IPO expenses and bring it into the real money we spend on operations. So clearly, big jump from 21 to 22. Some other financing, investing, and so on. Well, a big effect of exchange rate, the first half of the year, you remember sudden strengthen of the dollar, mostly against the UK pound with all the stories that, that were around the, the least trust uh, tenure. And uh, we still had quite a lot of money from the IPO in uh, sterling. So we did, uh, we did lose uh, on exchange rate. It's, we're now sitting mostly on dollars, so uh, there's no more risk there. That's the balance sheet. So 22 million in cash, receivables. Historically, the company never had an issue with collection and deferred revenue growth. And I guess nothing much here more than that. And that's the financials. So let me just recap in terms of opportunities and focus. We're benefiting from the fundamental industry drivers and secular tailwinds. Obviously, geopolitical pressure, sanctions, compliance, rushes in the news. It's obviously causing more people to buy compliance stuff. It's causing more governments to look for maritime security stuff. I think broadly saying the shipping and maritime industry became more relevant to many people. Getting to the supply chain world. So supply chain technology is absolutely booming. Absolutely. The number one need that is quoted by all supply chain executives globally is what's called supply chain visibility, which is a product we have in the market that people are already buying. So I think that's a major driver. I think we're in the right market in the right time. This I've heard from nine customers this year, this week, that they have budget for this year. It's one of their strategic priorities and it's nothing out of the ordinary. That's what everybody thinks. So it's on us to execute that. Um, decarbonization last week, the EU uh, passed another round of regulation on shipping companies and traders. I think that will um, mature in Jan 24. We hope to see that drive revenue before that, but I think it depends on how people respond to that regulation. So let's see about it. And obviously AI drives a lot of efficiencies. So overall, I think we're sitting on top of the right fundamental industry drivers. I think I mentioned that we're enhancing our supply chain offering. I think we're in a good place. We're talking to hundreds of customers. The pipeline looks hefty. Carbon offering, it's not really in the numbers. We didn't bake it in because we want to see how regulation evolves. I think we're working with our biggest customers to help them deal with the impact, what's called EU ETS, the emission trading scheme, and the carbon intensity index, all new regulation in shipping and trading. We took a lot of effort on efficiency and optimization. I think that's paying off. Everybody, top to bottom, soup to nuts, gets compensated on EBITDA targets, not just on revenue. Do you think it's a cultural shift in the company? We signed a five-year deal with AWS in significant better terms. We reduced some workforce, what we had to do to make sure we're more efficient. If we had some employees in high-paying areas like the US, we could do this from another place, then we did it. 
We have now a development team in India, development team in Ukraine, and a management team took obviously a pay freeze because we need to lead by example. Irene, do you want to say a few words about the brand awareness and how we work with the media to build a global brand and the impact of a global brand on, on revenue and sales? Absolutely. So it goes hand in hand, and we are building a very trusting relationship with the media based on our insights and what we provide on a continuous base to reporters that are looking into things that are, you know, the burning issues in the news from the Russia war to sanctions and supply chain challenges. And on a monthly basis for quite a while, we've been issuing uh, reports both on the Russia risk and on uh, Port Insights. And both these reports have been very informative for the media and we've been helping them with analysis of, uh, of situations. So they've been using basically our insights and our ability to foresee trends in this ecosystem and kind of explain to the broader uh, uh, audience what is really going on behind the scenes and how this is impacting uh, efficiency and, and life costs and et cetera. So we've been twice on the cover of the New York Times with both deceptive shipping practices and things related to the Russia war. We've been on CNN and continuously working with Wall Street Journal, Financial Times, Bloomberg, and so forth. And we see the impact also on our customers that see this as a vote of confidence in what we do and in the product that we obviously provide them. So it's been a great year in terms of coverage on the news, and we continue to do so. Well, I think we're very focused. I think, as we said, we have a growing U.S. government, the customer base, we're supporting that, and we're very, very focused on growing our commercial business. So just to wrap up the presentation, in terms of outlook, we have a very positive outlook. We continue strong trading. ACV is tracking in line with our expectations. I think the focus and efficiency, both culturally and operationally, provides a clear roadmap to positive EBITDA which we absolutely recognize is key. The growing customer base includes some of the world's largest companies, and you'll see us release names soon, but also they've already been done. The biggest miners, the biggest traders, the biggest supply chain uh, operators, biggest forwarders, uh, the biggest ports, it all provides expansion opportunities and builds the brand as the world leader, leading maritime AI company. And finally, the challenges, complexity, regulatory pressures, and maritime trade just continues to grow, drives the need, we're seeing inbounds, we're seeing sales cycles collapse. We'll continue to work very diligently and execute ruthlessly to achieve and overachieve in our targets. And we thank you for the trust in joining our journey. Last year, I think the difference between making members not is one deal. That's one Nigeria deal that uh, slipped. Uh, we know it's an unpredictable market. Otherwise, if that didn't slip, we would have met our numbers and everything was okay. Um, so I think strategically, we're happy where the company is. Uh, we're not focused on the share price. We're focused absolutely only on execution. The only thing we care about is revenue and getting to profitability. That's it. That's the two things we work on. All the rest will correct itself. Uh, so I think our call to potential investors, I actually think this is a great opportunity for all you guys. It's a great opportunity for us management as well. Um, but we believe that we're on the trap. We have line of sight of how we get to 50 million of revenue and profitability I think we have endless runway. The company was never in a better situation, uh, both in terms of the market and the technology and the brand. And we're super excited and optimistic we're going to do this. So we'd love to have you uh, join our journey.
PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.